Hey there, love. You are listening to episode three of the Being and Doing Now podcast, where we explore what it means to know yourself better, love yourself more, and share from the heart. So a handful of years ago, I saw a movie that had a fabulous line in it that not only has stuck with me, but I've also seen the truth of it played out in life many, many times since. You know, I don't remember the name of the movie and I haven't been able to track down the exact quote. I've seen many that are similar. So my memory may be fudging it a little bit, But the truth about the concept and what I do remember about it remains. So the quote was something to this effect. Genius is the ability to hold two seemingly opposing thoughts in mind at the same time without going crazy. Now, I don't know about you, but I find there to be a lot of wisdom in that statement and insight that's relevant for us in the times that we're living in right now. So I want to look at three ways that we can potentially think about and apply the insight and the wisdom that feels to be so rich in that statement. First, what that's describing to me is paradox. And paradox occurs when you have two seemingly contradictory statements, ideas, or even circumstances that even though they seem contradictory, nevertheless, they're true. They're true on their own, and they're true when they intersect. So it's like a both and. And life is paradoxical, isn't it? For example, the idea that we are spiritual beings, or I like to say infinite beings, having a human experience. Those are two seemingly opposing ideas. How could we be these infinite beings? But we live in what feels like a limited body structure and within a limited time frame or a finite lifetime with a clearly defined beginning at our birth and a clearly defined ending at our death. Along with that, you know, there's the spiritual teaching that we are all one, and yet each of us is a unique expression of the divine. So how does that work? And along that line, too, you know, we're to revel in the beauty of our humanity and this human experience with its messiness and the emotions that we feel as human beings, and yet know that we are so much more than what we are feeling and experiencing in any one moment. The idea, too, of being and doing. So we are human beings who do many things, but we can get so caught up in the doing of things that we feel like we're a human doing rather than a human being. So what does that look like? What does that feel like when we be first and then the doing arises from or follows on from the being just kind of naturally so it's not struggling and efforting? So those are some esoteric concepts. But what do you do with what feels more like the day-to-day or in-the-world kind of concepts and circumstances? And how do you start to allow more of this both-and thinking in? And then subsequently, how do you allow it to filter into your emotional state so you can experience more flexibility and you can allow greater expanses of thinking and feeling and being? So the primary thing is to start training your brain to think in terms of both and rather than either or. 
You know, our beautiful brains like to seize on either one thing or another thing, because in a lot of cases, it thinks that will help create a sense of safety, or at the very least, certainty, which the brain also equates with safety. Or it'll cling to one thing or another because it's stuck in a familiar and patterned loop of thinking where the same thoughts swirl and therefore the same conclusions are reached time and time again. You know, our beautiful brains also immediately get to work when a thought or an idea enters it, either seemingly from within ourselves or from outside of ourselves. You know, the brain starts to work over it and analyzes it instantly and starts along tracks that sound a lot like, you know, how does this feel to me? Does it resonate with what I already think and feel? Or does it seem in opposition to it? Does it seem like it makes sense? Where do I put it? What box does it fit into? And if it fits with what I already believe to be true, you know, it doesn't quite feel so threatening. But if it doesn't fit with what I already believe to be true, it could be very threatening in a lot of ways. So therefore, I must not only reject it if it's threatening, but do so immediately within myself. And then I've got to refute it so vociferously with the person or the people who brought it into my sphere, and so much so that they will think twice before ever disturbing my relative sense of safety and calm and security and certainty again. So these processes happen literally in nanoseconds. This beautiful brain of ours sifts and sorts of its own accord until we start taking the conscious control of the reins of it. So how do we do this? How do we start to do this? We become the observer. You know, I'm sure that this is not the first time that you've heard of that concept. But if you are honest in this moment... How often do you actively practice that? Knowing about it, understanding the concept, being able to speak about it or even share it with somebody else, that is not enough. We've got to not only know it, but we've got to engage with it again and again and again. Because also what this beautiful brain of ours does is it forgets. It forgets what we already know. It forgets to put into practice what we want to and intend to put into practice unless we do it over and over and over again. It definitely responds to repetition and it responds to action. And that's how it starts to change itself. And here's a metaphor that you can use if it's helpful to you. You know, Observe those thoughts that pass through your brain as if you were people watching at Grand Central Station. You know, you wouldn't go up to every single person who passes in front of the field of your vision and attach yourself to them like glue or claim them as something that you own or possess or that originates from you or that's an extension of you. So learn what it feels like to just sit like you would sit on a bench at Grand Central Station and observe the thoughts passing through the field of your mind. Don't attach to them. Don't claim them. And when you find thoughts entering the field of your mind, just watch them pass by like you would all of those people running through Grand Central Station to get to their trains. You know, they're busy running here or there, not really giving much thought to anybody else, but they're not doing harm to anybody either. They're just going about their business. Thoughts are the same way. They can all exist and not be a threat to anyone. 
And the more you practice this, the more it's possible to hold those seemingly contradictory ideas in your mind and not see them as a threat or as things that must be refuted or removed or kept away. And they don't need to build up and create resistance or friction in the mind. They can just be, again, like somebody passing through a train station to catch a train. They don't agitate you or make you feel like you're going to go out of your ever-loving, bleeping mind. So a second way to think about this idea of genius and not going insane, you know, the hope is in the and. Yes, in the times that we're living in right now, things feel difficult, right? They feel painful in a lot of ways. And yes, in many ways, they simply suck. It sucks to see and feel and experience some of the worst aspects of humanity rising up in front of us and being displayed on our phones, on the nightly news, in the attitudes and the expressions of people that are less than loving and less than embracing, and even more than those external factors What do we do when we feel inside of ourselves, like we just can't continue, where that external input that comes in just when it's, especially when it's combined with what we're already feeling or we're already navigating internally, that already feels like itself is overwhelming or it's too much or we just don't know what to do with it. You know, we can start to fall into despair or sink into a place of negativity and anger, or feel like we're shutting down, or just becoming a negative, grouchy, skeptical person, right? Or feel like we're disconnecting from people and circumstances and activities that are important to us. So in this idea of allowing things to be what they are, even when they seem contradictory, the hope is in the hand. And what that looks like is honoring what we're feeling, right? Identify what you're feeling, put a name to it, label it. You know, if you feel vulnerable, say that. Say, I feel vulnerable, right? If you feel angry, say, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling like I'm just falling into a pit of despair. This just feels like too much. Label what it is. Give it a name and say, yes, you know, this sucks, right? It hurts. Acknowledge it. Recognize it. And here's where the hope is, right? Know that this too shall pass. Know that you are not alone. Know that just as the sun will rise tomorrow, so too will this shadow that feels like it has fallen over you. It will shift. It will move. And know that you will make connection again. You will make connection inside of yourself with with you, with who you know yourself to be. You'll make connection with other people in ways that will make a difference and feel meaningful for you. Know that you will feel led to go and do something for somebody else that is kind and helpful and makes a difference for them. Know that out of the blue, somebody could come along and do something kind and helpful and unexpected for you. Someone may offer the loving and patient and silent ear that you need that just miraculously lets you know that you are fine, you are okay where you are, and who offers an encouraging word saying that you are capable and you are beautiful and you're worthy right where you are, right with what you're feeling. 
and somehow the burden will be lifted. Even if you can't see it right now, and even if it's just a little bit, the burden will lift and you'll be able to breathe again. We just never know when that moment of relief or shift will come, but it always does. And that is the hope of and. So the third way that I think we can look at this and see some wisdom and insight from that initial idea is getting ourselves to neutral. So much of what is happening today and what we're seeing and experiencing that is so difficult and so painful is that we're seeing extremes. We're seeing so much of one way of being and insistence on one way of being and insistence on one perspective and absolute intolerance for anything other than that, that we're getting pulled into the emotional ups and downs that that can create, right? Extremes of ideas and perspectives create extremes of emotions that go with it. So getting ourselves to neutral, getting ourselves to a place of calm and neutrality, kind of in the middle, if you will, but It's more like just not taking on the charge of what seems to be so positive and not taking on the charge of what feels to be so negative. You know, it's not like a magnet with a negative charge that just gets pulled toward a magnet with a positive charge and getting stuck or attached together. It's just taking the charge out of it and just being And just kind of holding the idea of whatever it is and letting it be, right? And not getting ourselves pulled to an extreme with it. Not allowing ourselves to get sucked in or drawn into the idea of separateness, of being angry with someone who thinks differently from how we think, or thinking that they're any less of a person or a citizen or anything like that because there's a difference in how we think or how we pray or how we perceive things, right? It's like being able to see clearly and discern where you're not resisting, you're not fighting an idea one way or another. It's just neutral. It's just, it is what it is, and it's allowing other things to be what they are. And it's important to say that getting to neutral does not mean that you take no action or that you're going to remain in a state of passivity just endlessly. It's quite the contrary. You know, being in neutral leaves you in a perfect place to take action when you feel the guidance or the impetus from within you to do so, when it feels like that action is in alignment with those connections that you've made within yourself, with who you are and what you're feeling guided to do, and guided not from a place of small-mindedness and human mind or ego mind, but from a place of the broader mind. You know, when we think like God thinks, when we think like the spirit thinks, when we think like the universe thinks from a broad perspective about the highest and the best good for everyone, when we start to think from that place and we are already in a place of neutral, then we can go ahead and take action. You know, it's like a car. And if you're driving in one direction or another at a high rate of speed, which is kind of like going to those extremes that I mentioned earlier... And if you are going in that direction and you've got the momentum of the speed and you want to switch gears or allow yourself to go in another direction, you first got to take the time to slow that vehicle and preferably bring it to a stop before you switch the gears and then get going again in a different direction. But if you're idling in neutral, 
from that place, you can easily pop the gear into reverse and move the car backward. You can put it into drive and move the car forward. So from the place of neutral within yourself, you can avoid getting pulled into the emotional ends of the extremes. And you can also be in an ideal place to respond to that inner guidance that you get about which direction to move. And you can do it easily and efficiently and effectively without struggle or effort, without internal upheaval, without feeling like you're riding that roller coaster of those extremes of emotions and ways of being and thinking and doing. So as you head into the rest of your day, give some thought to how you have been genius lately. What has been up for you? What's been happening or on your mind that feels opposing and contradictory and you've been resisting and yet you still have some or all of your marbles, right? Think about and apply one or more of these ideas that we've talked about here and see how that feels. And offer your own thoughts about genius and seemingly contradictory and opposing ideas. Go over to my website at beinganddoingnow.com and leave a comment and share with us your genius and what that has looked like and felt like for you. So that's all for today, my love. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to connect with me, you can always do so online at my website. Again, that's beinganddoingnow.com. That's also where you can schedule your 45-minute complimentary clarity session, and that helps you connect with you. It's like tuning in to your own inner GPS so you can get the roadmap that helps you start living the life you envision for yourself. And if you find value in this podcast, please go over to iTunes and give it a five star rating, leave a review and share it with a friend. All of those things help the show tremendously. So stay tuned for episode four, where we'll be talking about boundaries and why they are so important to our own well-being and our relationships. In the meantime, please remember that you make the world a better place by knowing yourself better, loving yourself more and sharing from the heart. Keep doing you, my love. Ciao for now.